This is the Word of God from the household of David Church. It is a message designed to raise men after God's own heart. Listen and be blessed. Okay, this morning, very, very quickly, I want to share God's Word with us. I want to talk about um, something which, by the Holy Spirit, I've titled, Go Forward. Amen. Go forward. So can we open our Bibles to Exodus 14? Exodus chapter 14. Go forward. Somebody say, go forward. You know, another way to say it is, let's go to the other side. Amen? You know, this morning, first service, Pastor Bele was sharing, and I was just laughing where I sat because, <laughs> well, you know, I would have said, he peeped into my notes. Maybe I peeped into his notes. You know, he's the professor here. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. All right. Exodus chapter 14. And I want us to read the 15th verse together. But let me just give some background. So, this is the children of Israel leaving Egypt. And um, Pharaoh, after the plagues, had allowed them to go. But chapter 14. 14 starts, and Pharaoh gets a, you know, was surprised. He said, did I actually let those guys go? So he gathered his troops and his chariots and all of that and started pursuing after the Israelites. And the Israelites were faced with the Red Sea. So there was the Red Sea before the Israelites. Um, the Israelites and the Egyptians were coming behind. So the Egyptians started to cry to Moses because he was their leader, that what have you done? You should have just left us in Egypt. You know, we're better off in Egypt eating cucumber. I don't know how somebody can be better off eating cucumber. We're eating cucumber and what we're eating. We're slaves, yes, we knew, but I mean, it's better than being killed by the Egyptians. And Moses went to God to talk to God, say, God, see your people. And as he spoke to God, verse 15, this was God's answer to Moses. The Bible says, And the Lord said unto Moses, Wherefore criest thou unto me? Speak unto the children of Israel that they do what? Go forward. How do you tell a person who is seeing the Red Sea to go forward? Where is the person going into? <laughs> he said, tell them to go forward. Then verse 16. He says, but lift thou up thy rod and stretch out thine hand over the sea and divide it. I like the way God speaks. In the face of daunting opposition, he says, look at the sea and divide it. He wasn't even giving him an advice. It was an instruction. He said, stretch forth your hand, divide it. And the children of Israel shall go on dry ground through the midst of the sea. And I, behold, I will harden the hearts of the Egyptians, and they shall follow them. And I will get me honor upon Pharaoh and upon his host and upon the chariots and upon his horsemen. We know the story. Um, so the children of Israel, Moses did what God said. The sea parted, and the Bible tells us that the sea parted, and the waters were like walls on both sides, and the Egyptians walked on dry ground. Well, you might not understand the importance of that. You know, I always say that there are no meaningless details in the Bible. No meaningless details. When God inspires the writer of a particular portion of the Bible to include some words, there are reasons why he's inspiring the person to do so. Now, my first degree was in geography. And one of the things I was taught is that 
you know, when you're talking about, you know, there are rivers, there are rivers, there are lakes, but when we talk about a sea, a sea is deeper than a river, all right? So this is the Red Sea we are talking about here. So that's number one. Note that. And what determines whether they call it river or sea is not only the size but the depth. Praise the Lord. So this was something very deep. So don't think the children of Israel just strode on a smooth surface. Most likely they had to go down and walk. Now, the second thing is this. Now, when you talk about a sea, one of the things that is characteristic of the bedrock of a sea, that's underneath the sea, underneath the water that you see, would be rocks and all of that. Now, if you read the Bible, the Bible says that they walked on dry ground. So there were no rocks in their paths. What happened to the rocks? I asked. And the Bible always has the answer. In Psalms 114, it tells us exactly what happens to the rocks. He says that when God commanded Moses to tell, to divide the sea, that the rocks, when Moses was dividing the sea, the rocks were hearing God. And the Bible says the rocks and hills skipped like rams. They left the way. So it wasn't that there were no rocks there. They vamoosed <laughs> out of the way because this is God's instruction. Do you understand? So it was not only the waters that moved, the rocks moved. Then the Bible tells us something interesting. Maybe we should go to Psalms 114. Maybe you see it. Okay, good. It says, ye mountains that ye skipped like rams. So some mountains skipped. That's how they moved away. He says, and ye little hills like lambs. Go on. He says, tremble down at the presence of the Lord, at the presence of the God of Jacob. Just keep going. He says, we turn the rock. Now, watch this. Now, the ones that refused to move, what happened to them? He turned it into water. The flint into fountains of water. So the ones that were stubborn, they said, we are not going anywhere. When they said, ah, oh, it is God. They said, what do we do? What do we do? You know, you know, you know if you watch cartoons, they said, what do we do? What do we do? They said, you know what? Become water. Just, <laughs> that was what happened to them. I didn't say it. The Bible said it. He said, it turned. And the children of Israel walked on dry ground. They didn't even walk on wet soil. <laughs> so God dried the ground so that they would have speed. <laughs> and they walked on dry ground. Now listen to me. Life is a journey. And you must understand that every single human being on the face of the earth is on a journey. All right? And in this journey of life, there is yesterday, there is today, and there is tomorrow. Now the truth is, everyone seated here today, I mean, you have a past. You have your yesterday. Um, depending on how many years you've lived on the face of the earth. But you see, God gives us the gift of today to create tomorrow. Praise the Lord. So regardless of how the past has been, we can actually create tomorrow. And you see, the interesting thing about God is that your past and your tomorrow or your future, I mean, they can be diametrically opposed. So your future might not resemble your past. Do you understand what I'm saying? So regardless of where you were born, whether you were born, you know, they say some people were born with a silver spoon. I don't know how that happened. But and some people say, this person was not born with a gold spoon. I say, I was born in a very humble. Jesus was born in a manger. But he's still the greatest of all. Trying to let us know that regardless of your, how you were born, regardless of where you were born, regardless of the family you were born into, your future can be, actually be a lot brighter than where you are coming from. Do you understand what I'm saying? 
All right. Now, what I also want you to understand is that every man's journey is unique and different. Do you understand? Every man's journey is unique and what? Different. That is why you cannot look at another person's life and compare your life to the other person's life and begin to determine how blessed you've become. You know, the Bible says this very clearly. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 12. He says, they measuring themselves against themselves or comparing themselves amongst themselves are not wise. Why? Because life is a personal journey, right? It's a personal journey. And you see, on this journey, you can actually decide to go very fast and you can decide to go very slow. You can experience what we call arithmetic progression or you can experience what we call geometric progression. Pashala calls it a quantum leap. You can experience it. And whether you experience step-by-step -step progress in life or you experience a quantum leap in life, it's not so much dependent on God. You know, a lot of times people think that it is God's responsibility to make me experience a quantum leap in life. It is not so much dependent on God. It is dependent on you. How you position yourself for God. Do you understand what I'm saying? All right. In Philippians chapter 3, I want us to open there. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 and 14. The Bible says, now this is Paul speaking. He says, brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended. That means to have laid hold of his goal in life. But this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, verse 14, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Paul is telling us here, I think, can we go to verse 12? He gives the background to these two verses. He says, not as though I had already attained, he that were already perfect, but I follow after that I may apprehend that for which also I'm apprehended of Christ. There is a reason why God ensured that you got born again. There's a reason he ensured that you came into him. And what Paul is saying here is that, you see, he says, there is a reason, but I also want to lay hold on that reason. I want to attain the reason why Christ laid a hold on me. So he goes to verse 13 and says, brethren, I count not myself, telling us the secrets. Moses, God said, tell them to go forward. Now, this is Paul describing one of the ingredients for going forward. He says, number one, the one thing you must first of all do is to forget those things which are behind. You must forget those things which are behind. He says, then what? You must reach forth unto those things which are before. And he says, how? What do I do? I press. I press. I press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That is living life deliberately. Living every day deliberately. Living every day intentionally. Understanding that there was a reason why Christ laid a hold on me. There was a reason why I became born again. There's a reason why God orchestrated my steps to hear the gospel and become saved. There are some of you that you heard the gospel, you didn't make a decision then. After some years, one day in your sitting room, you just decided, like my mother, my biological mother. I mean, she was born into 
um, a Muslim family, and people always came to preach to her. But, I mean, she would hear it, she would ignore them and move on. Then one day she sleeps, and while sleeping, she had a dream. And in that dream, she saw herself, there was a river, and she was on one side of the river, and there was another man on another side of the river. The man on the other side of the river was wearing black. The person on this other side with her, sorry, the person on the side with her was wearing black, and the person on the other side was wearing white. And then the man wearing white was telling her to come. And the person wearing black held her hands, and she was trying to go, and this person held her hand, and she woke up. And you know my mom's only interpretation to that dream? Ah, I must be born again. She knelt down and got saved, ran to a church. That's how she got saved. And there are some of you that have such stories. Praise the Lord. But why would God go through all that pain to lay a hold on you? Because there is a bigger picture. Amen. There is a bigger picture. There is a bigger picture. And the only way to accomplish this bigger picture is, number one, first of all, forget the past. And what I mean by that is there are some of us that God wants us to make progress in life, but there are lots of things that we are holding on to and we are refusing to let go of. So God is waiting on you. I mean, it might even be a song. (laughs) It might be something. It might be a relationship. It might be, I mean, it might be a job. It might be something. To make progress, you must give up something and make progress. Praise the Lord. Now, one of the ways to effectively navigate the terrain of life is by getting information. Now, we're talking about moving to the new venue. If I told you, and you've never been there before, and I say, start going to the new venue, what are you going to do? Very likely, the first thing you're going to do as an intelligent being is to do what? You would ask for what? Direction. Now, that direction would be what? Information. So when you go left, go right here. Ask for this road, go. So you need information. To make progress in life, you need information to make the kind of progress that God wants, that is in sync with God's will for your life. You need information. So they will tell you in the world, data is king. Because you need information. Now, the best information you can ever receive is the information that comes from God. Why? Because he's the one who created you. He's the one who's seen the journey your life is supposed to go on. He's the one who knows the best way you can fulfill his will for your life. He's the one who knows how to effectively press. He's the one who knows how to effectively navigate the terrains of life. So you need information, and the best kind of information you can receive is the information that comes from God. Because it is that information that would help you fulfill all the will of God. Now, there are two ways God would always give information. Number one, through his word. Number two, through his spirit. Through his word, through his spirit. But you see, the word of God and the spirit of God, they walk hand in hand. The Bible tells us in the book of Psalms 119, verse 105. Psalms 119, verse 105. It says that the word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Somebody say light. Say the word is light unto my path. 
Then the Bible now says, in the book of John chapter 16, verse 13, he says, how be it, this is Jesus speaking, how be it when the spirit of truth is come, he would guide you. Somebody say guide. How be it when the spirit of truth is come, he would do what? Guide you into what? All truth. For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show things to come. He will show, sorry, he will show you things to what? Come. Telling us two things. Number one, the word is a light. The Holy Spirit is the guide. What I just said, a lot of people do not understand it. The word of God is what? And the spirit of God is what? So let me explain. If you walk into this hall at about 9 p.m., what would happen? The whole hall would be dark, isn't it? Would you know where the chairs are? If there is something on the way, if I tell you walk to the altar, you can't see me, but you can hear me. Now, would you know if there is a chair in front of you? No, you would not know. Why? Why? Because it is dark. So what the word of God does is that the word of God lightens your path. So the, when I put on the light, oh, so you can see everything. The word of God does that. Lightens our path. But then the spirit of God begins to guide you. Because to get to the altar, I can come to the altar in different ways. I can decide to walk down that way and come. I can decide to come this way, which is going to be the shortest and the most effective route. I do not know. Then the Spirit of God comes with you, and he guides you on the shortest route to the altar. Do you understand it? So you have the Word lightening your path, and you have the Spirit guiding you. Now, these two, they walk hand in hand. And this is how God gives us information about our destinies and about our future. Praise the Lord. So... What happens is that God wants us to study his word. As we study his word, our paths are lighted. We begin to know, I mean, there are some things that are not going to be gray areas. They are clear. But you see, there are certain things. For example, God can want you to go to Kaduna. There is no Kaduna in the Bible, isn't it? Now, it takes the spirit of God to let you know. Even though the word of God might have told you, it is time to move. You might have seen move and it's, oh, move. But this, it takes the Spirit of God to tell you where to move to, how to move there, when to move. Do you understand? So the Spirit of God guides our way. And you see, that's why we can never have an effective Christian life without the ministry of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the most important relationship you can cultivate in your life. The relationship with the Holy Spirit. And you see, the Holy Spirit is God's chief executive agent on the face of the earth right now. He's in you, he's in me. And he's with you, and he's with me. He's all over this place, and he's in the U.S., he's in Australia. He's everywhere. And that's why Jesus, in the book of John chapter 14, verse 16, he says, John 14, 16, he says, I will pray the Father, and he will, shall give you what? Another comforter, that he will do what? Abide with you forever. That word comforter means somebody that has been called alongside to help. Now, that's why women are very special. Because that word comforter means an helper. And the only other human or 
entity that God looks at and says to the man, he's your help, meets, is the woman, all right, specifically a wife, all right? <laughs> it's not just any woman. <laughs> specifically a wife, praise the Lord. Because the Holy Spirit has been called alongside to help us on our journey of life. And he helps us to navigate all the terrains of life. And it's interesting that as we study God's word, we see different ways the Holy Spirit led people and how he saved them. And, and this is interesting because there are some times that the Holy Spirit leads you and you're making a decision between something that is good and something that is bad. There are some times that it is between two good things and then you're supposed to make a decision. Why is it that so many Christians have experienced tragedies in their lives? You know, why is it that so many, I mean, you hear things that have happened to Christians and you wonder, and I know you do, you wonder, Ta-da, why would that happen to this Christian? Now, maybe the person was confessing, the person was praying, but hey, you do not know. A lot of times, the Holy Spirit was leading the person in a particular way. But the person was so stuck on, this is how I have always done it, or this is how they said. Now, let me show you some examples. In the book of John, um, Acts rather, Acts chapter 16, we read a very interesting story there. Acts chapter 16, from verse 5. Now, it's the story about Paul. Paul had come, taking Timothy. They were going to preach the gospel. Is preaching the gospel not a good thing? It's a good thing, isn't it? It's something that God commanded, preach the gospel. But they were going to preach the gospel. And from verse 5, the Bible says, And so were the churches established in faith and increased in number daily. Now when they had gone throughout, um, this is an interesting name, Phrygia and the region of Galatia, and were forbidden of what? Who? To do what? Abba. How would the Holy Ghost forbid them to preach the word in Asia? It is God in the Bible that says go and preach. But this is the ministry of the Holy Ghost. This is the guiding ministry of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says he forbade them. Next verse. Now they looked at it and said, okay, you know what? If he has forbidden us to go there, let's go somewhere else. After they were come to Mysia, they are said to go to Bithynia. And what the Spirit did what again? Suffer them not. This is the Holy Spirit. Next verse. And they passing by Mysia came down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in the night. There stood a man of Macedonia and prayed him saying, come over into Macedonia and help us. And after he had seen the vision, immediately we endeavored to go into Macedonia. Assuredly, gathering that the Lord had called us forth to preach the gospel unto them. They never knew it was Macedonia. That was where God wanted them to preach the word at that time. But how would they have known? It was only by the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In the book of Acts chapter 27, something similar happens too. Acts 27. The Bible talks about Paul. Paul at this time had become a prisoner and was heading to Rome, Italy. And the Bible says, you know, telling us that, so he was with some prisoners and they were going to have to sail to Rome. Verse 10. Verse 10. And Paul began to pray. And hear what Paul says. Sirs, I perceive that this voyage will be with hearts and much damage, not only of the land laden and ship, but also of our lives. Paul said he did what? He perceived, isn't it? Now, next verse. Nevertheless, 
See what the centurion did. That was the leader. He said, the centurion, who was the one holding them prisoner, believed the master and the owner of the ship more than those things which were spoken by Paul. He went by the voice of experience rather than the voice of God. Listen to me, brethren. Experience is not the best teacher. Are you hearing me? Experience is not the best teacher. <laughs> if experience was the best teacher, I can assure you we won't be here today and we won't be moving to the new venue today. Experience is not the best teacher. The Holy Ghost is the best teacher. Even education is not the best teacher. Emotions are not the best teacher. Or your emotions is not the best teacher. The best teacher is the Holy Spirit. This guy believed the master and the owner of the ship because this guy must have been sailing for years. And he said, according to this weather report I can read, nothing is happening. Let the guy be deceiving himself. Next verse. And because the heaven was not commodious to winter in, the more part advised to depart thence also, if by any means they might attain to finish and dare to winter, which is an haven of Crete, and lie toward the southwest and northwest. Next verse. And when the south wind blew softly, can you see it? After all of this happened, the wind was blowing softly, was rubbing their head. They say, ah. Well, Paul, this guy must have missed it. Because things looked good. Supposing that they had obtained their purpose, losing things, they sailed close to Crete. They looked at it and said, ah, but the master and owner of the ship was correct. Paul said that they'll be hot. But look at it, the weather was very good. That's why a lot of times, looking at the weather, looking at how good something is happening, is not proof that God is in it. Are you hearing me? The Bible says there is a way that cement right unto a man, the end is the way of death. Now, listen, oh, before you criticize that verse and say, ah, he says the way cement writes, he looks right. The guy has examined it and said, ah, this way looks right. Intelligently, this way looks like the way to go. But he says at the end, the only person that knows what is at the end is God. The Holy Spirit knows the past more than you can ever know the past. He's called the ancient of days, remember. He knows the present much more than you can ever know the present. And he knows the future much more than you can ever know. So he comes today to give you counsel on how to move. It is only wisdom to obey him. He says there was a way. Oh, sorry, go back to my Acts 27. All right? It says there's a way we see men right unto man. And the Bible quotes that verse twice. Twice. Act Proverbs 14.12 and Proverbs 16.25, telling you that don't miss it. Now, but not long after there arose what? Talk to me. Called Euroclidon. So, everything was going smoothly. All of a sudden, the tempestuous wind came. And if you read on, I mean, it scattered the ship. Everybody had to say it was a terrible time for them. And almost all of them almost died until when Paul went again and received a vision and came back and told them that, don't worry. I prayed. God said there shall not be lost, any loss of lives, but the ship will be gone anyway. <laughs> Are there times we've lost things? Are there times that things have happened either in our lives or we see it happen in another life? And the truth is that the Holy Spirit was giving you the red light. Red light. That is not the way to go. That is not what to do. But you went anyway 
Because you listened to experience, you might have listened to somebody else, you listened to your emotions, you listened, ah, how will I offend them? And you went on. One of the things I've discovered is that, well, in my little life, and maybe Pastor Abby can say more, because she has a lot more experience in this area than me, I mean, every time I have had to either counsel a couple that were having very serious issues and they were going to go apart. And really, I mean, you listen to both of them and you see that, okay, there was a fundamental mistake. A lot of times before they got married, both of them knew that they were heading into a terrible marriage. They knew a lot of times. They can deny it. They can act. They, I mean, because the, if you are a believer, the Holy Spirit is there to help you. And he's there to help, to guide. Look at this place. I remember when we were going to move from one of the places we've moved from is White House, just on Tony Street, to Blue Pearl. I remember when we were going to make that move. We just had service, and we had a nice time at White House. And Pastor came out, and I think called Pastor David. Sorry, called you, sir, right? and said both of you should just go and look for another venue. There was no reason to go look for another venue. <laughs> but that was somebody obeying the workings of the Spirit. There was no reason. And he just said, let's go and look for another venue. And they located, they just discovered that, oh, there's Blue Pearl even perpendicular to where we are. And they negotiated as though they wanted to use Blue Pearl. I mean, we are going to use Blue Pearl. And we came back to White House. We came back to White House, I think, after the next service. The manager of White House called Pastor and said, Sir, um, we want to convert this place into to, to hotel rooms. So sorry, we would have to, you people would have to move after a while. And Pastor laughed. The Holy Spirit had alerted him before that. When we were going to come here from, um, what do they call it now, from Big Treats, right? Pastor was looking for a land, looking for a land, looking, looking for a hall, a hall, a hall. And immediately he came here and said, no, this is where God wants us to be. And we're here today. Early, late last year, Pastor just began to talk about, it's time to move, it's time to, <laughs> it's time to move. And when we went around halls, and he said this before, and the prices they were calling and all of that, naturally people would think and say, sir, are you sure this is a smart move? Let's just be humble. Let's stay here. We can have 10 services here. Is, that's wisdom now. With ten services, we have the first one, second one, third one. But you see, when a man is being led by the Spirit of God, the Spirit of God, it is only wisdom to just follow. And I've learned that. I've learned that. I mean, some days ago, some weeks ago, I told him, I said, sir, the truth is, if you tell me to do something, even though <laughs> I do not understand it, I will still do it. Because I have seen a track record of a man who follows God in his life. Are you listening to me? Because I understand that there is nothing as important as the leading of the Holy Spirit. But in your life and in the lives of your loved ones, the Holy Spirit can sense danger ahead and begin to talk to you about something now. And things might be going rough now, and the Holy Spirit might tell you that, relax, I want you to experience this. I want to teach you something in this experience. So other people will be pitying you, but you that are in it, I mean, you'll be laughing because you understand that, well, this is what God wants for me now. 
And when he's done with you, everybody else would understand. Are you hearing me? Are you hearing me? The truth is, there is nothing as powerful as the leading of the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God will lead you. The Spirit of God will show you things to come. There are visions. There are ideas that other people will be sweating for. The Spirit of God can show you how to make that business more profitable. But you know, a lot of times we've ignored his ministry. The Spirit of God can show you. He can tell you exactly how to make that business more profitable. He can tell you how to be more effective. At work. He can tell you how to deal with that difficult boss. The Spirit of God can tell you. Somebody can be smiling with you and the Spirit of God tells you that this is danger. And you, do you understand what I'm saying? I mean, I've had that experience over and over again. So it is not about watching for natural things. That's what I'm saying. A spiritual man listens to the Spirit of God. That is what guides the spiritual man. That is what guides the spiritual man. While the word of God lightens our path, the spirit of God does what? Praise the Lord. Right on your seat, where you're seated, can you just lift up your hands, close your eyes, and begin to say, spirit of the living God, I receive your ministry. I receive your ministry. I acknowledge that in this journey of life, I need you to be successful. I acknowledge that I need you to be successful. I acknowledge that you are my guide. I recognize your ministry from today henceforth. From today henceforth. I receive your ministry. I receive your ministry. I receive your ministry. I receive your ministry. And you know, it is the leading of the Holy Spirit that has brought us here. And when I mean here, I mean physically here to, to Majidi Street. And it's the leading of the Holy Spirit that is lead, taking us to the next level. And when God leads, you experience and see a lot of testimonies. So we are grateful to, all, for, to God for all the testimonies we've seen in this place. We are grateful to him. Those, the testimony includes meeting you. Some of you, I never knew you. But God orchestrated your steps here. Say, Spirit of God, can we rise? Can we rise as we do this? Can we rise? Spirit of God, I receive your ministry. This is one of the most important prayers you can ever pray. Spirit of God, I receive your ministry. Spirit of God, I receive your ministry. I receive your ministry in my life. I receive your ministry in my life. I receive your guidance. I receive your guidance. I would not wonder in life. I would not wonder in life. Every day I receive your ministry. Every single day. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. 
Thank you for listening to the teaching. We believe you have been blessed. Worship with us at David's Court, number 25 Mojidi Street, off Touring Street, Ikeja, Lagos. On Sundays, our first service starts by 8 a.m. and our second service by 10 a.m. While our midweek service starts by 7 p.m. on Wednesdays. Go and do great things. God bless you.